Hi, and welcome to the Fertility Warriors. Here at Fertility Warriors HQ, we believe in three things, grace, grit, and gratitude. We don't believe you have to be perfect to fall pregnant, but we do believe that you need to place yourself and your well-being at the top of your priority list. I'm your host, Robin Birkin. For some people, trying to conceive is a cakewalk. I was not one of those people. My journey was years in the making and included IUIs, IVF and a miscarriage, as well as many, many tears before we fell pregnant with our first child. Now I'm the author of the book, Screw Infertility, and the founder of a 12-week mind-body fertility program, the Fertility Warrior Intensive. I'm here to help you not only navigate these waters, but to help you feel like a badass in the process. My superpower? Helping Taipei women find calm, confidence, and happiness in their journey. I'm a little woo-woo, a lot straight shooter, and I swear like a sailor. Sorry, mom. I've never turned down a bowl of mashed potato, and if you like salt and pepper, mm, I think we'll get along just fine. So hit that subscribe button and tune in for tips, advice, and real talk every week. I promise you, I'm not daggy. Okay, maybe a lot daggy, but subscribe anyway. Enough small talk, let's do this thing. Okay, so I'm not an expert at this topic, however, Sometimes when I was writing down my notes for this topic, I was like, well, I feel like I do know a fair bit about it. And we're talking today about the best supplements for fertility. Can you give me a hands up? Give me a virtual hands up if you feel generally confused about what supplements you should be taking for fertility. Give me a hands up if you feel like you are taking a truckload of supplements and it is feeling like they're really expensive. Give me a hands up if some of the things you're taking, you're not even sure why you should be taking them, but you heard somewhere on the internet that they were good for fertility and now you're taking it and now you're just like adding it to the pile of the stuff that you're taking. So if you answered yes to one of those, then please tune into this episode because I'm going to talk about a little bit about supplements for fertility, a little bit about my experience and some of the no-nos. That's probably where we're going to start today is some of the no-nos. So there's a lot of people out there who are taking a lot of supplements and who are just jumping on the bandwagon and who there's sometimes there's catchy names and there's catchy teas and there's catchy things out there. And it's really hard when you are going through infertility to not feel pressured to be taking different things. And because you might not be a hundred percent sure, like even if you are like, okay, it's endometriosis and you're going through IVF, but even if the IVF cycle isn't working, you still, you then wonder like, is it, is there something I should be doing? What's going on here? What is the exact cause? And we don't know the exact reason why things don't necessarily implant or grow. We don't always, or a lot of the time, know exactly what has caused it not to be a viable pregnancy and you're spending a lot of money. So you want to make sure that where possible, you are maximizing your chances of success, right? So enter supplements. And it's a big area where I think that sometimes we can be doing a little bit more damage than we are good by taking too many supplements. Just supplementing is not going to necessarily cure 
everything for your fertility woes or your like not getting pregnant woes. And it's really important for you to also realize that you only need a supplement where something is not right and needs to be fixed. Because sometimes if you are taking supplements just for supplements sake, and especially when there isn't an error with certain things that you could then be doing more harm than good. You could be cancelling things out or you could totally throw your cycles off whack. You could be someone who has a perfectly normal, like a great range cycle. You might be bang on 27 days every single month, but then you start adding in all of these supplements without fully understanding why or how much you should take or if it's suitable for your condition and then completely throw off your cycle and your ovulation. So it's really important for you to have to exercise caution and more uh, my belief is more of a hold off approach to supplements rather than a dive in approach to supplements, okay? I see a lot of people also taking progesterone during their follicular phase. Progesterone is essentially, there are some birth control pills that just contain progesterone. That's all they, like, they're just progesterone. So basically taking progesterone in your follicular phase is basically just like taking birth control. That's a really good example of why You need to have a really good understanding of why you're taking something in the purpose and whether it's something that's required, okay? When you end up with levels, supplementing with levels of different things that is far above what you need, then that's what ends up happening. We end up diluting what we're trying to do, muddying the waters and, as I said, cancelling out the effectiveness or worse off, throwing our cycles, our ovulation, our urine lining, all of those things completely out of whack not to mention costing our hip pocket a lot of money and making ourselves more stressed in the process. So I hope that makes sense. What are the supplements though that I recommend everyone takes? Okay. So the very first supplement that I recommend people take is a prenatal supplement. So everyone will tell you to take a prenatal supplement. And here's a few things that you can look out for that I personally looked out for when I was going through infertility. So the first thing is look for decent levels of the prenatal, uh, what do you call them? Like levels of micronutrients that you're looking for. Sometimes we have things, especially like, have you ever seen those green powders or people saying, there's like this many vegetables or something in this, or have this kale powder. And when you actually look at it, it's like the equivalent of half a leaf of kale or something like that. Really low levels disguised as really high levels. So have a look at your prenatal supplement. What is actually in it? What are the levels of the different micronutrients compared to what the recommended uh, intakes are and whether or not those are like significant or whether they're next to nothing and there's just a lot of fillers in them. Hey, Warrior, so sorry for interrupting, but I just wanted to jump in and see if you'd had the chance to check out my new little program, Warrior Rising. It's a five-day radical mood reset 
and I'm sure that you will love it. Head to robinburkin.com slash rise to check out my new program, Warrior Rising. Okay, let's get back to the episode. The next thing, and this is something that my naturopath always recommended, was that iron and zinc were taken separately from other from the rest of your prenatal and particularly iron because iron can inhibit the absorption of other nutrients. So you wanted to always take iron about an hour later. So if you require additional iron, and I know that I've always tolerated natural iron better than we have something called ferrograd C here in Australia. I have not ever tolerated that properly. And have a look at what what source all of your micronutrients are coming from. Are they coming from food sources? Can you see that that's where they're coming from? Or does it look synthetic and like it's created synthetically? So try to get your iron separately if you need iron. Don't always get it within the prenatal supplement because it can basically dilute the effectiveness of the other things that are within your prenatal supplement. Uh, And then most of us or many of us know by now that we want to, where possible, if you have the MTFHR mutation, which they estimate that up to like about 50% of the population have it, which means that you can't really absorb folic acid, like it's not going to be healthy for you or it could be harmful for you, but you want to aim for natural like folate or folinic acid. And they say sometimes that you can look out for like SMTFH like format of folate and rather than folic acid you want to be looking for folate where you can and those supplements that are really good at promoting it will often write about the quality of their folate in their supplement okay so a brand two brands that I'd kind of okay that I kind of recommend are Garden of Life and Thorn and then here in Australia I always used to use a brand called Bioceuticals okay and I used to get that through my naturopath I used to get all of my supplements through my naturopath and because I was vegan at the time I see a lot of people I see very mixed uh, advice online about vegan diets and fertility I really do find I'm not vegan anymore, but I do find that a lot of people have, people feel very passionate about their steak and don't want to give it up. However, studies have shown that red meat consumption can be quite damaging for fertility. I find that like just a really interesting observation. But because I was vegan, like on a short-term basis, I feel that a vegan diet is very healthy, but to protect against any kind of long-term deficiencies that might have existed. I do remember that I took creatine as a supplement. I took maybe one other supplement as well as I made sure that I took vitamin B12 and I tried to get out in the sun as often as I could. So where possible, you don't want supplements to be used as an excuse for not needing to eat healthily or not needing to go out in the sun where you can try and get these things from food sources and use supplements as they are intended as supplements. So if you can consult with a naturopath or a nutritionist about what your any deficiencies might be and then have a tailored plan based on your particular condition. So for me, I was vegan at the time and get supplements where they're needed, then highly recommend doing that. But otherwise, I don't think that you need 
anything outside of a prenatal other than two other things. One is CoQ10, which seems to be really well tolerated and suitable for just about anyone who is trying to get pregnant. And the other is a probiotic. I've kind of always taken probiotics as my main, um, like something to protect my gut health. And the other thing that I've done is always tried to change up my probiotic rather than taking the exact same probiotic every time. I've tried to take different probiotics because I didn't, I wanted to maximize different uh, amounts of good gut flora in my gut and, you know, different brands have different levels of different things. So not just, I don't know what it's called, lactobifilis or whatever it's called. I'd aim for ones that had different ones and then I'd change it up regularly so that I was getting different types of um, healthy gut flora. But I did also take CoQ10 and so did my husband. What I don't recommend, one that I don't recommend for anyone is royal jelly. I'm really sorry. I have this a firm belief, number one, that it's actually not beneficial. It's a complete myth and a theory that because that's what the queen bee like uses and feeds other bees, that therefore it must be good for fertility. I also think that using royal jelly is like taking away like fertility kind of from the bees who are really important for life. So that's just a mindset thing. But I don't think anyone needs royal jelly because I actually think it's a myth and it's a like a reasonably expensive product that is not required. And that's all. I don't think, unless you have a deficiency, you need to be taking anything else. I don't think you need to be drinking red raspberry leaf tea unless it's required. I don't think you need to be taking DHEA, especially don't take DHEA without the advice and approval of a medical professional, okay? You don't need to be taking baby aspirin. I've heard people take um, be taking so many things that you all, you all are taking that I don't think are required. A prenatal CoQ10 probiotic, eh, that's it. Unless you are advised by a naturopath or a nutritionist or a doctor that you should be taking something else. The other thing I want to say that can also be potentially harmful is Chinese herbs. Chinese herbs can be great, but also do understand that they can counteract Western medicine, as in the things that come from your doctor for your treatment cycles. And they can also counteract other supplements that might be given to you by a naturopath or a nutritionist. So it's really important that you, if you're working with multiple health professionals, that you are making sure that everything is complementary that everything is relevant to your condition and your, I guess, general state of health, whether it's something that is required for you and really making sure that you're not over-supplementing and essentially just throwing money down the toilet. The very last thing that I will say is I'm sure many of you have also read, but if you do want to learn more about supplements, you can always check out It Starts With The Egg. It's one of the most popular books out there for fertility. I listened to the audiobook and I found it really helpful for understanding different conditions. But again, I exercise a word of caution that please only take more supplements if you think you might have a deficiency or if you have reason to believe 
let's look at egg quality, for example, that you need to improve your egg quality and go to the next step. Because for the most part, most of you will only need to take a prenatal supplement and then you can choose if you want to add on CoQ10 uh, and a probiotic. I hope that's been really helpful to you. If you are a closet hoarder of supplements and taking everything under the sun, come and tell me on Instagram. I'm at Robin Birkin and I hope this has been helpful. I hope you can save some money in your hip pocket by feeling better about not taking everything under the sun. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and I hope to catch you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Fertility Warriors. You know that I love chatting with you every single week. If you like this podcast, please make sure you go ahead and subscribe and share it with anyone, be it on your Instagram or your other socials to let them know that this has been helpful for you too and that it might be helpful for them. Please make sure also that you give us a five-star rating and I would love, love, love a review. They always make my day and they help other people find the podcast. So it kind of helps the search engine juices or the internet juices push this podcast out to other people when there are a number of ratings and reviews. And if you feel like infertility is starting to get the best of you and your emotions are starting to get a bit wonky, then make sure you check out my new mini program, Warrior Rising. Head to robinburkin.com slash rise and check it out. It's a five-day mini mindset transformation and it will definitely help pick up your mood, help you feel calmer and help you feel more in control of your journey. Head to robinburkin.com slash rise to find out more about my new program, Warrior Rising. Mm-hmm.